Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Thursday edition of the program. Glad to have you today. It's hard to believe that we're cruising through the week. We've got Women's Final Four Friday, Men's Final Four Saturday night. I'm ready for another big boost, big spurt of basketball before it all slowly comes to an end. I know we've still got the NBA and I know recruiting and the transfer portal and Before you know it, we'll have spring ball and summer league ball and all those sorts of things. But gosh, it's been a great run from January till now, really going back to December until now. But March Madness is closing uh, in on us. Uh, The end, I should say, is closing in on us as we get ready to exit and head into April. And when the calendar flips to April, you know that basketball, uh, the season at least, is really going to come to a screeching halt in this area after all the fun and excitement that we've had here in recent weeks but uh, always a great time this month of march uh, getting into the final four just a wonderful wonderful time if you're a basketball fan and i think for everybody if you're a native of southern indiana and even the kentuckiana region it just means so much here it's hard to believe there are some areas of the country where college basketball for whatever reason because of pro sports or or whatever else just doesn't register very well but we're in one of those areas where it means everything. And so this month has been extremely fun. A reminder today as we start, the Thornton's text line is open. I've had terrific uh, questions and comments from you guys even since the Indiana teams have been eliminated and would love to keep that up here in the offseason. The Thornton's text line number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can ask a question for one of our guests. Uh, You can sound off on IU, your thoughts about transfer portal activity. As long as it's reasonable, we'll get it on the air. And it can be local stuff. It doesn't just have to be IU. But 502-414-1450 is the number. Save that number. Text me every day. Text me multiple times in the show. I want to keep this uptick that we've had here in March rolling, even as we get into the offseason. If you're looking for an icy, cold, thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction right now at Thornton's, All 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's for just 89 cents. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Thursdays is a good day. We've got Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. Our segment with Alex is brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. And we've got a lot to get to today because last night, Jordan Geronimo announced that he is entering the transfer portal. We told you earlier in the week there had been rumors of Bates and Geronimo. Bates entered on, what, Tuesday night? Geronimo entered on Wednesday night. 
those are two interesting departures from Bloomington that we need to talk more about with Alex. And by the way, here in just a moment, I saw a list of schools that Tamar Bates is already hearing from. And just kind of an odd feeling to see other Big Ten schools. I mean, Indiana does the same thing, so think Jamison Battle, but there's nothing wrong with it. But it's weird to see other Big Ten schools reaching out to a player that was on your team's roster just a few days ago. But that's life in the transfer portal. So we'll talk about that with Alex. We'll get his predictions on the Final Four and just a ton of transfer portal activity. I think we could almost have a one-hour show just on IU in the transfer portal this time of year because there's a lot of names, there's some visits that have been set up, and then there's a really intriguing prospect that we'll talk about here in just a moment as well. But Alex is with us today. And then later in the show, Jake Hybreeder, Floyd Central graduate. What a career he's had to start at Air Force Academy. He, too, entered the transfer portal He's heard from a lot of schools, and he made his decision to commit to Clemson. And so we'll talk with Jake about his big decision. He's moving up the ranks, the echelon of college basketball, you could say. And I think he'll fit in great at Clemson. So excited to have him with us today, really just to catch up. We haven't uh, spoken with him since his commitment to Air Force, I don't believe. So uh, how his game has improved, what he's been up to, and what the future looks like for him at Clemson will be a fun conversation with him coming up later in the show. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Okay, Tamar Bates first as we get into some headlines here. Tamar has heard, according to Jake Weingarten, one of the recruiting guys, he's heard from Missouri, Iowa, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Michigan, Creighton, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia Tech, Wichita State, and others. So from the Big Ten, Michigan reaching out to the former Hoosier that entered the transfer portal a little earlier in the week. So that is always interesting to see. Conference schools, and Indiana just did it last week with Jamison Battle, right as soon as he put his name in the portal, Indiana uh, right over him, right on him, contacting him. So uh, that is the big story on Bates, but obviously the bigger story, uh, we've known about Bates now for 24 hours, but it's Jordan Geronimo, a junior forward. He announced yesterday, last night, that he is going to enter the transfer portal. Geronimo Athletic, six foot six, played three seasons at Indiana. So he's got two years of eligibility remaining if he wants to use his COVID year. Um, he averaged 4.2 points, 2.4 rebounds, and shot 61% from two-point range, just 26% from three-point range, 61.5% from the free throw line, but uh, that was the line this year for uh, Geronimo. He played 82 games, six starts. All six of those starts came earlier in the season for Indiana this uh, sophomore year, you could call it, for Geronimo. But uh, he he was sidelined. He had an injury. He missed a lot of games down the stretch. Um, And even when he was healthy before the injury, uh, he was getting some time. He was playing a role but it just didn't seem to be materializing for whatever reason like I thought it would. I can recall so many times on this program my own thoughts, but also some of the great IU beat writers we have that join us. They thought with a couple years of Big Ten experience under his belt that his athleticism and just some of the little flashes, some of the little things he would do from time to time, 
think it was pretty unanimous that a lot of people that follow this stuff very closely thought there was the potential there for him to bloom into a really important player for Indiana and a guy that because of his athleticism, because of what he could do defensively and blocking shots, if he could hone his offensive skills a little more, uh, he could be maybe an NBA prospect. So like Bates, I think Geronimo is going to have all sorts of schools jump on him immediately now that his name is in the transfer portal. But two interesting and I don't want to say key departures because they both had great ups and great downs in their time at Indiana and I'm not sure either materialized in year number two is what you I guess for Geronimo more than that but more than what you thought we they might have been at the beginning but two key departures from the IU program here in this offseason so we'll talk more about that coming up a little bit later as well now the next thing regarding the transfer portal This is interesting to me. North Carolina standout Caleb Love has announced that uh, he's going to transfer from Carolina. That's been known. Uh, Indiana has been in contact with him and his father, and his father told the Peaks.com website that there is mutual interest there. So Love is from St. Louis Christian Brothers High School, uh, was recruited by Indiana out of uh, high school, obviously, and was a big star of the North Carolina run to the Final Four in the national championship game last season. So uh, he averaged 16.7 points this past season, just under four rebounds, almost three assists, shot 29.9% from three, and uh, is obviously a very notable prospect in the transfer portal right now. And it seems that Indiana is uh, very interested and that there could be, there is some mutual interest. So add Caleb Love, not just to the list of names that are mentioning Indiana, but to a uh, more uh, upper list of names where I think there really is some mutual interest and some uh, connectivity going on. And along those same lines, graduate transfer, transfer from Harvard, Chris Ledlam, he has scheduled an Indiana official visit. He's going to be on campus April 6th through the 8th, and it's the only campus visit that he had scheduled as of this morning. So uh, Indiana has been very active with him. He was the first name, even when Indiana was still alive in the Big Ten tournament, that we heard mentioned as far as a potential transfer portal fit for Indiana. So he would be a big get. He averaged just under 19 points and just over eight rebounds per game this year. But he's heard from Indiana, Kentucky, UCLA, Ohio State, Nebraska, Maryland, Florida, LSU, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Georgia, Xavier, the list goes on. He's heard from just about everybody in college basketball. So he and Love, two of the big names out there that Indiana seems to have a chance to get. And it's going to be fun to follow what happens here over the next couple of weeks with both of those guys. And obviously, if Ledlam has a visit coming up, not this weekend, but next, his recruitment still has some time to play out as well. But I think it's good. Indiana is right now his first and only campus visit that he has announced, at least. Also, Gabe Cups, who will be coming into the IU program as a freshman next year, uh, he was named yesterday co-Ohio Mr. Basketball for the 22-23 season by the Ohio High School Basketball Coaches Association. He's going to share the honor with Devin Royal from Pickerington Central High School in Ohio. Cups finishes his high school career averaging 15.4 points, 4.5 rebounds, 6.2 assists, and 2.2 steals per game. He helped Centerville, Ohio to a 25-4 record, and Centerville lost to 
uh, Royal and Pickerington Central 64-53 in the state semifinals. But an outstanding career for Gabe Cups. He played for his dad at Centerville. I know a lot of people got a chance to see Centerville in action when they played at New Albany. It wasn't a great matchup but for the Bulldogs. They got blown away, but you could see Centerville, a high-class basketball operation. And Gabe Cups comes in with some excitement to the IU program, but is it excitement in year one? Is he somebody as a freshman that can help IU in the Big Ten Conference? I think that remains to be seen for sure. But that's just a little bit of an update from a recruiting standpoint, from a transfer portal standpoint, really, on what Indiana has been up to the last few days. There are a lot of other names out there as well. Uh, but those, to me, uh, are worth a mention here on this program, at least so far. Uh, Caleb Love and then Chris Ledlam of Harvard, uh, two interesting names that Indiana is involved with. Of course, yesterday we talked some about Peyton Sparks of Ball State. Indiana got their first commitment from the portal uh, yesterday with the in-state player from Winchester High School. And we'll talk more about Sparks's addition to the IU roster with Alex Bozich when he is with us a little bit later in the program today. High school baseball rolling along here in the first week. I know uh, we mentioned yesterday Shane Stock and New All- and uh, Jeffersonville got uh, a victory, and that's the first career win as the Red Devils boss for uh, Coach Stock. We also mentioned earlier that new coach Timmy Redford at New Albany got his first career win on Monday night. And last night, Providence and its new coach, Trey Watson, he got his first win of uh, his head coaching career at Providence as the Pioneers victorious in their first game under his leadership, 14-4, the score there. And also Floyd Central opened the season. Uh, They might be the best team in the area. Noah Wathen pitched the victory, and uh, Floyd Central blanked Tell City by a score of 11-0. I know down uh, in Tennessee, Silver Creek playing there as well, Joe Decker announced earlier this week this is going to be it for him. His final run as the Silver Creek baseball coach, what a lot of success he's had and really built that program into. But they were a, a in action uh, against a team, Maine West, from Illinois down in the Murfreesboro, Tennessee area, 9-5 to yesterday. Uh, so uh, some early games down in Tennessee for Silver Creek to start the season. Got some text here on the Thornton's text line. We'll get to those in just a few moments. And again, the number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 if you want to be heard here on the program today. Texter says, seems like Woodson is all in with the transfer portal and will reload at IU. Any truth to the Caleb Love rumors? He never met a shot he didn't like but is an undeniable talent. Uh, yes, uh, as mentioned, his father has confirmed to Peaks.com that there is interest from Indiana, and in return there is interest from Caleb and his family in Indiana. So, And I agree, he, he, he can shoot it. He, he's aggressive on the offensive end, I think, to say the least. But he definitely is one of the big available talents in college basketball in the transfer portal right now. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. We'll talk more about love, the transfer portal, the new commitment, Peyton Sparks, and so much more as we continue to break down Hoosier basketball here in the offseason. Stay with us. You're listening to a Thursday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Thursday edition of the program. The Big X golf cards are now available. This card uh, this year features Park Mammoth, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, Wooded View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses and under $25 a round with the 2023 Big X Sports Radio golf card. The supply is limited. These things go really fast. You can get yours at BigXSportsRadio.com or call 812-725-1457. Again, the Big X Sports Radio golf card, they are now available. Let's go to Alex Bozich inside the hall for the latest on IU basketball here in the early offseason. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations. They've got two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Alex, another day, another IU player entering the transfer portal. Indiana now has had three players enter the portal I don't think any of them, though, are major surprises. Have any of these three entries uh, departing Bloomington caught you off guard? No, uh, not really. It's been pretty much as expected with, with all three of those names. Maybe the timing a little bit is in terms of when they actually hit the portal was uh, <clears throat> maybe not exactly when people had thought because, uh, you know, I, I think – Earlier, in the, it was earlier in the week when Indiana met with, started to have its player uh, end of end of uh, year meetings. And I, I think they were pretty aware earlier in the week that those guys uh, were going to be going out the door. It took, I think, uh, until later on Tuesday before Bates's name was officially in there, and then later on Wednesday before Geronimo was in the portal. But uh, in terms of uh, any surprises, uh, I would say that uh, all three of those, from my perspective, were uh, were pretty expected. Alex Bozich inside the hall with us. Let's talk about Jordan Geronimo, the latest departure into the transfer portal. Alex, you and I and many others on this show really thought he had an opportunity to develop into a key player for Indiana after a few seasons of basketball in the Big Ten. He had a lot of the the natural tools to do so, but for whatever reason, under two different coaches, the opportunity, maybe the level of opportunities that we thought about or hoped for for him, they just never materialized. Yeah, I think the main problem with Geronimo was there was always a ton of potential. Uh, even coming out of high school, you, you watched the film and you saw some things that, uh, you know, for a player his size and the athleticism, uh, it was easy to, to kind of understand why he was a, a guy that was regarded, I think, as a four-star player and uh, had a lot of programs uh, that were interested in him out of high school, but once he actually got on campus and, and watched him over three seasons, uh, there was there was some good and there was also some bad. You know, from the from the good standpoint, I think he typically played with a ton of energy. Uh, he seemed to be a pretty active guy on the glass. You know, he was uh, pretty solid in terms of finishing plays at the rim, but in terms of just his basketball skills, I think. There was 
the, the development really just never got to the point where it needed to be in terms of, you know, we talked in the preseason, Matt, there was chatter about him potentially playing the three, and uh, I think, you know, that was something that I, I never really quite understood because uh, his skills with the ball uh, just don't really um, translate to that position. He's not a great shooter. Uh, he's not somebody you want putting the ball on the floor. Uh, in, in terms of defensive uh, ability, I mean, he was pretty uh, solid and was a guy that could switch and guard multiple positions. But I just think there was a ton of potential there, but it, it maybe was never really realized in terms of what um, he became as a basketball player. I mean, there's a lot of kids that play basketball that are great athletes, and you know, I think he was someone that maybe was a little bit of a late bloomer. Uh, and I think really kind of the thing that he needed the most and he never really got early in his career particularly was just reps and an opportunity to play more minutes. And then when you saw him get into certain situations uh, later uh, in his tenure at IU, I mean, there was flashes of, of him being able to do some really good things. But for the most part, I just think that he didn't have the experience or really the opportunity uh, to, to learn and grow. Indiana, obviously, these last two years was really trying to get into the tournament he wasn't really in a position where he was going to be able to play through mistakes, buried behind some guys on the depth chart. So I think in, in many ways it's probably a good thing for both parties to go their own separate ways. I think Indiana kind of, um, you know, late in the season, you looked at the minutes that he played. Uh, he, it was clear that he had fallen out of the rotation. And then for, for Geronimo, I think just getting an opportunity to go somewhere else, I think he's got two years of eligibility. Hopefully he goes somewhere where he's going to get an opportunity to play a little bit more and grow as a player. All right, talking with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. The Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450 if you've got a question for Alex. Again, 502-414-1450. As far as Tamar Bates goes, it's really interesting, and I think it's really weird. I thought the same thing when Jamison Battle of Minnesota hit the portal. Indiana, and I think a couple other Big Ten schools reached out to him. So Michigan has reached out to Tamar Bates. It's just odd to think. A week and a half ago, you know, this guy was on Indiana. He, he was on another team in the conference, and there's a possibility. I know there's a ton of schools that jump on these guys early, and then it seems to pair it way down and, and uh, work itself out as the process plays out. But it's, it's weird to think about players transferring within the conference, but that's happening more and more across college basketball these days. That used to be a total no-no. Yeah, I mean, we saw it going back to – uh, you know, Miller Cobb coming uh, over to Indiana from Northwestern. We saw it with Max Bielfeld really before the portal coming from uh, Michigan over to Indiana. So it's not unprecedented. The um, thing I would say about that situation is obviously there's been some interest reported. Michigan actually just got to commit uh, as we kind of started this segment, Matt, uh, Namari Burnett, who was a former McDonald's All-American, started his career at Texas Tech, played last year. Season, I believe it was at Alabama, had a limited role in not coming into the Big Ten uh, at Michigan. So uh, I don't know what that does for Michigan's pursuit of Tamar Bates, but I would I would uh, assume that uh, he's probably not going to end up at Michigan. Uh, looking at some of the schools on his list that maybe make a little bit more sense for him geographically, uh, among them Missouri, Kansas State. Uh, you know, I would think that uh, there's probably a chance that he's going to go somewhere closer to home. So, yeah, I did see the, the, mention, the mention there of uh, – earlier this morning of, of Tamar Bates being uh, talked to uh, by Michigan. The, the other thing that's just really kind of hard to, uh, I, I guess, to, when you're writing these 
stories about the portal and, and kind of trying to communicate with fans and let them uh, kind of understand how the process works. Just because a, a program reaches out to a kid or talks to them doesn't mean they have an offer. It doesn't mean that they're seriously recruiting a kid. Um, you know, so these schools are reaching out to a ton of prospects and talking uh, to different uh, players and just kind of seeing what maybe if it's a fit, uh, getting to know them as best they can. It's a quick process. Situations that are very fluid and they're happening fast. So, um, you know, I, I tend to try to look at the situations where in, where Indiana is going to visit players. Uh, obviously, they can't right now because the dead period just started and it goes through next Thursday with kind of in conjunction with the Final Four. But you know, kids who are actually coming on campus and visiting and, and kids that Indiana is going to see, I tend to kind of put that uh, higher in terms of. Uh, what, what to look at when you're trying to evaluate it to somebody's uh, actually uh, in, interested in a strong pursuit of a kid, you know, one phone call or a couple of conversations, uh, these, these, these uh, players are getting reached out to uh, pretty regularly. It was funny last yesterday. I was talking to Peyton Sparks, who obviously just committed to Indiana and you know, he's not, he was somewhat of a high profile transfer, but you know, a mid major player. And he, he was, he told me that, you know, kind of when he, after when he, he went into the portal, you know, it was pretty hectic in terms of schools just reaching out, and he had, you know, 10, 20 schools, I think, you know, that were interested in him. So it's a it's a tough process, um, I think, for everybody to navigate, the schools, the prospects, the media, to try to get all this information out there. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a hectic time, but I think just in terms, we talked about this before, Matt, I think also is, I think for interest in the sport, it's, really kind of helping college basketball uh, this time of year. You know, the Final Four is obviously a big topic of conversation, but now the season's really going to extend through the, the month of April into May as kind of these transfer portal situations uh, settle themselves out. I know some fans who are used to kind of following their team and watch guys develop year over year, you're still going to have some of that, but you're also going to have a lot of turnover on rosters, and it's kind of like a de facto a free, agent, free agency period in college basketball. Absolutely. Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Let's talk more about Peyton Sparks. He's an Indiana guy, played at Winchester, was a great player there, got an opportunity to play at Ball State, and uh, after hearing from a number of schools, has picked Indiana. He made that announcement uh, on Wednesday morning just before we went on the air. You've had a chance to write about him, talk about him, learn more about him from some of his former coaches Tell us more about uh, his addition to IU and where he could fit in next season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just from talking to him, you know, I've watched a little bit of film, not a ton, looked at his numbers. Uh, what stands out just from a basketball perspective is his size and how good he was at, at drawing fouls. I mean, the MAC is, is obviously a strong league. Indiana just played uh, Kent State in the tournament. That, as, as you saw when they played, it was a competitive game. They were uh, a team capable of, uh, obviously, you know, playing with anybody, they were in that game for, for a good portion of it, and uh, Indiana had to play well to, to beat them. So it's not like he's coming from a, a league that isn't competitive. Uh, his size, I mean, it's been reported he's anywhere from 6'8 to 6'9, 240 pounds. I think seeing what he's able to do just in terms of his body, um, once he gets into the IU strength and conditioning program, I'm sure uh, it's going to be a little bit more uh, you know, rigorous than what they did at Ball State, not to take anything away from Ball State, but just the resources that Indiana 
uh, if he wants to take advantage of them, are going to be there for him to maybe make some, some gains in that regard. In terms of kind of where he fits on next year's roster, um, it's hard to say without knowing who else is going to be coming in, but I think he's, he's coming in with the mentality of wanting to compete for a job and have a chance to, to play a pretty big role. So that's kind of what I gathered from talking to him and his uh, former AAU coach. The one thing I think that's good uh, about the uh, the addition um, is he he really just wants to be at IU. Uh, he just from talking to him, you know, he, he mentioned the words "dream school" a couple of times, and that's not something you hear um, all the time with Indiana. I think that's kind of a product of where the program's been now for a prolonged period of time. You, know, you hear guys talking about different places as their dream school. It's good to hear a kid say that, you know, it's his dream to play at Indiana and he's going to get that opportunity. So I think overall, um, you know, you get 13 scholarships. Uh, at, you know, he's not going to be obviously your your best player, maybe even one of your top three or four players, but he, he's the guy that can give you uh, solid production, whether it be as a starter or a guy off the bench. And he wants to be there. He's an Indiana kid. I think from everything I've been able to gather, uh, it's going to be a good teammate, a good guy to have in the locker room. I think it's a it's a solid pickup and a good start for Indiana this spring in the transfer portal. All right, another name on the radar is Caleb Love. He's a big name from North Carolina. It appears there is mutual interest in both Indiana and he. He's somebody that was a star during that North Carolina run to the Final Four and the national championship game. Uh, the kind of player that could be an immediate impact replacement for some of the other big names Indiana's losing. Any insight on Caleb Love, and could Indiana maybe pull this off? Yeah, I'm not as familiar with that one. I saw Jeff uh, had that information yesterday um, and reported on that. You know, all I can speak to you on in terms of Caleb Love is I know as a sophomore at North Carolina, he was a big reason they went to the national championship game, and it makes sense that Indiana would reach out there uh, with the talent that he is and the production that they're they're losing um, from this year's team, they need scores. They need guys in the wing that can create, and he's definitely that. Uh, it's, you know, he just obviously entered the portal. I would think it's fairly early in the process, and I think obviously, as Jeff reported, it, it makes sense for Indiana uh, to reach out and see where things stand there. But uh, I would think his list of suitors is going to be pretty lengthy. Um, you know, the one thing I, I would say, it kind of seems. Like it would make some sense if he does have aspirations to play in the NBA to come play for a guy that, you know, has has ties to the NBA, was a coach in the NBA for a long time. Maybe that would be appealing to him. But in terms of where that process is, obviously, just my opinion, it's very early. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's any harm in Indiana reaching out and seeing if, if there's a fit uh, there. And it would make sense. He's, more, uh, he's one of the more talented players uh, in the portal right now. Absolutely, Alex Bozich inside the hall, our guest. All right, I got to get your final four thoughts. I know that you love the game, study the game, watch it anytime it's on. I'm really interested mm-hmm. in these matchups. I think Connecticut is a big favorite heading into the weekend. Do you see it that way? And kind of take us through the two national semifinal games. Yeah, it's it's wide open. Obviously, Matt. It's going to be, I think, um, just a a great weekend of basketball. I worry a little bit um, about how interested the general public is going to be because you don't really have those uh, those blue blood names uh, in the Final Four. But obviously, the first game with Florida Atlantic and San Diego State, uh, you know, the rooting interest there from from those uh, that, that follow IU and 
uh, you know, with Dusty May, the former IU manager, who's really kind of risen through the ranks uh, as a college coach. And, uh, you know, it'd be great to see him have a chance to play for a national championship. To me, the, you know, the later game probably determines the national champion in my mind. And, you know, UConn's been playing as well as anybody. Uh, Miami's got great guard play. I think that's going to be just a really fun game to watch. Um, looking at the kind of the numbers, it's funny. You look at the over-unders um, on these games. Uh, I think the uh, Ford Atlantic and San Diego State over-under last I saw was 131.5 in the Miami and the UConn game, 149.5. So, obviously, we're expecting the, the late game to be a lot more high-octane uh, I think it's going to be uh, just a, a really fun game to watch. I think the winner of the, uh, the Miami and, and UConn game is probably going to be cutting down the nets on Monday night in Houston. I agree. Alex Bozich inside the hall. <clears throat> Alex, as always, thanks for being with us, and uh, we'll catch up with you next Thursday. Absolutely, Matt. Thanks for having me. All right. Our segment with Alex each week is brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save – 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations. Downtown New Albany, they have two in their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Jake Hybreeder going to join us in the next segment. Jake, a Floyd Central product who has had a great start to his college career at Air Force Academy. And when we come back after the break, we'll learn about Jake's new, <clears throat> excuse me, all choked up here today, new college basketball destination for Jake. Uh, we'll talk about that with him next and catch up on uh, his success at the college level. This guy's been playing some great college basketball, and we'll learn more about him coming up here in just a bit. Stay with us. You're listening to a Thursday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Thursday program. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You know, a lot of talk about the transfer portal, and it's also been neat to follow some local players or guys with local ties that have entered the portal and are looking to better their situation or maybe get another opportunity for college basketball. And one of those guys is Jake Hydebreeder of Floyd Central. He had an amazing four years playing for Todd Sturgeon at FC and committed to the Air Force Academy and has had some great years of basketball there uh, playing in the Mountain West Conference. But he entered the transfer portal at the conclusion of his season and earlier this week made a commitment, actually yesterday made a commitment that he's going to play at Clemson next season. So Jake is with us now to talk about his uh, success at Air Force and his decision to enter the transfer portal and also his new home of Clemson. Jake, great to have you back with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, first off, let's talk about Air Force, that experience, and 
the opportunities you had there. It was amazing to watch your stats, and we tried to catch as many games as we could this season, but you are just finishing a really great year two of college basketball. Talk about your experiences at Air Force and how you were able to really capitalize on those opportunities that you were given and, and turn in a great year. Yeah, I mean, obviously we had a pretty young team there at Air Force, so a lot of our younger guys had a lot of playing time and opportunity to grow and play. So I think capitalizing on that, I think I had a good two years, and I fit the system well there, and, um, you know, it was just it was just a great two years there. Jake Hydebreeder with us talking about his career at Air Force and what's next for him. Now, before we talk about Clemson, I want to, and I think listeners are just intrigued by this whole transfer portal in general. You entered the portal. Take us through that process, how you do that, and then how soon after your name was officially listed did you start hearing from other schools interested <laughs> in you? Yeah, so I mean, pretty much you have to, you have to decide what you want to do, whether you want to enter it or not. And then once you talk to the NCAA compliance officer for your school, um, they you sign some paperwork and watch watch a little educational thing on the transfer portal, and you pretty much enter. You tell the tr- the compliance officer you want to enter, and they put your name in the portal, and you pretty much have to wait until you get like a confirmation email uh, from the NCAA. And once that happens, it's basically public at that point. So once I got the email, I actually. I saw it like probably five minutes after I got it, and it was already on Twitter that I was in the transfer portal. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was pretty crazy just how some of these like accounts and stuff like that are already watching it and have it probably automated to when people go in the transfer portal. But right as soon as it was published, I already had calls and texts and everything. So, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Um, but obviously, it's a blessing to have as many schools talk to me as I had. So. Jake, tell us some of the schools that you did hear from before ultimately deciding on Clemson. Uh, I mean, yeah, I had quite a few ACC schools. I had Clemson, Pitt, Notre Dame, um, just a couple, couple other Virginia, a couple other like that. Um, I pretty much had a couple from a little bit like every conference. Uh, towards the end of it, I heard from Northwestern. Um, I heard from South Carolina, Vanderbilt. So uh, it, was, it was quite a few. I mean, obviously, like I said, it was a blessing to – learn more about each program that contacted me. Um, but, yeah, I just ultimately decided I want to go to Clemson. All right, tell us about Clemson, uh, why you made your decision to continue college basketball there, and was there any connection? I seem to remember a couple of Floyd Central games where the Clemson coaching staff may have been in attendance to, to watch you and take a look at things even back during your high school career. So was there a previous connection with them? Yeah, there was. I got recruited by them a little bit in high school, so I already knew them a little bit before that, so I think that helped in the process this time as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I visited there over the weekend on Sunday and Monday, and me and my parents, just, we loved it there. Obviously, it was a, it's a great location being in South Carolina, um, big college town with uh, very heavy on sports fans. Uh, um, I think I fit the, the style that they play as well pretty, pretty good, and... Um, hanging out with the guys there, I think I I fit hanging out with them too, and I, I liked everyone there. So I think I think it's just a good choice. So I guess this whole thing is a whirlwind. You finish a very hectic 
season with Air Force Academy and some great moments there. That's a lot of travel. That's a lot of fitting in coursework test as you can. There obviously are some other things at Air Force that are probably kind of exclusive uh, to students and athletes there. So you're going to finish the school year, and then I assume as soon as that ends, do you come home at all? Do you, when do you go to Clemson? When do you get in that routine with your new coaches and your new team? Yeah, I'm not really sure exactly when I'll have to report to Clemson yet over the summer, but oh uh, yeah, obviously it'll be interesting, like you said, just after taking my last final, I'll pretty much come home um, and figure out from there when I have to go to Clemson, but whatever they tell me, I'm, I'm ready for it, and just ready to get to work. Jake, for somebody that maybe hasn't had a chance to see you play late night out on the Mountain West Conference for Air Force, how has your game changed and improved over these last few seasons of college basketball? I mean, I think a lot of people think I'm just a shooter. <laughs> um, obviously, I do like to shoot threes and uh, hit a couple of those a game, but I think I'm I'm better ball handler and better off the dribble than people expect. And I think I'm also a little bit quicker and a little bit like taller and bigger and stronger than people uh, look at me and think I am. So I just think altogether, I think I'm pretty well-rounded and versatile. Versatile, and um, yeah, I think I can help pretty much uh, in any aspect. All right, Jake, you know we got to go back for a minute and talk about Floyd Central and Todd Sturgeon. You were a part of some great Highlander teams, and that was really a special run under Coach Sturgeon's leadership. Do you still talk to Coach Sturgeon, and how do you think that upbringing in basketball, I know it's so important to your family, so important there at Floyd Central, especially those years you went through. How did all that tie in to help make you this player that's now going to play ACC basketball? Yeah, I think uh, I still talk to Coach Sturgeon quite a bit. He's helped me a lot this past week. So he's actually pretty good friends with the Clemson coaches, so I think that's helped a lot too. Um, but, yeah, I think just playing for Coach Sturgeon, obviously he was a college coach for – quite a long time and he knows basketball really well and I think he he taught me how to play it the right way and that's what I've tried to translate into my college game so I think just playing under coach Sturgeon and being on the Floyd Central teams that I was on uh, I think it translates really well and I think it'll help me at Clemson as well. All right best high school memory for you in a Floyd Central uniform is there one that stands out a certain game a certain moment a certain big arena, big crowd. What 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 first comes to mind, Jake? Oh, definitely in the sectional for the first time in however many years it was. I can't even remember at this point, <laughs> but that definitely was uh, the best highlight I remember. So, all right, Jake Hydebreeder with us today uh, in the transfer portal for a bit. Committed to Clemson yesterday and that is where he looks to finish his college basketball career. I know that we have a lot of parents that listen that maybe have high school players or young kids coming up playing basketball or youth sports in southern Indiana. So as we close out the interview and the show today, can you talk about the commitment, really a a lifelong commitment if you think about it, going all the way back to your young days of the extra work and how hard you have to go to become a Division One player. And then once you get there, uh, it doesn't stop. You have to work each and every day to earn your spot and to try and take your game to the next level. Can you summarize at all the work that you've put in with your dad, with Coach Sturgeon, uh, in the summer, in the off season that people don't often see? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's, it's a lot better when you love the game. I, I love playing basketball, and it's what I've done pretty much my whole life. So I think that's one big thing that's helped me throughout the process. And, yeah, it pretty much just boils down to work ethic and just 
always trying to work out, always trying to get better. And basically, if well, however old you are, if you're doing that and you do it for a while, I think you can pretty much uh, get as good as you possibly can. And you can always get better. So as long as you have a work ethic and you work hard, I think that's the key. All right, great stuff. Jake Hydebreeder, Floyd Central graduate, went to Air Force Academy, and now he's headed to Clemson. He'll play in the ACC next season. Jake, it's been great to watch you over the years. It seems like just yesterday you were playing at Highland Hills Middle School, and here you are headed to the <laughs> ACC to play. So uh, great stuff, and uh, look forward to following the next step of your wonderful basketball career. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. All right, Jake Hydebreeder with us here on this Thursday edition of the program. Jake, one local guy in the transfer portal, and he now has uh, located his new home. Keep in mind, Cooper Jacoby of Silver Creek, uh, he left Toledo, entered the portal. We heard yesterday, uh, trying to think of the guest that was with us, that mentioned uh, Scotty Davenport and Bellarmine were really putting the uh, press on him. That seems like a natural fit, but we'll see where uh, Cooper decides to go possibly in the coming days or week or so as he navigates through the portal process as well. So interesting to see some of the local guys taking advantage of this still somewhat new transfer portal in college basketball. And as Alex said, it really has added a whole nother level of entertainment to the postseason when your team gets beat. And think about this for a second. When your team gets beat, if it's Indiana and you lose Bates and Geronimo, you're probably on the edge of your seat wondering uh, who's going to come in and, and what the roster will look like next year. If you're Mike Woodson and staff, you, you're probably wondering where are we going, where are we at, who do we add. But at a school like Air Force, a solid, a good mid-major program and a good conference, you lose a guy like Jake Hydebreeder, even more meaningful at that level. I've got to believe to lose a really key player that just finished the season with good stats and good minutes for you. So uh, congratulations to Jake on the Clemson decision, his next home in college basketball. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday program. Tomorrow we've got basketball, the women's Final Four. Looking forward to those games and, of course, the men on Saturday. If you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll find us there. Have a great Thursday. Back with you Friday at 11 a.m. This is The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>